The answer to all our troubles, Sarah. Doctor? Alpha Centauri. It is. It's the doctor. Alpha Centauri, my dear fella. What a very well-timed entrance. It's like a miracle, doctor. All these years. And you haven't changed a bit. Neither of you, my dear fella. A touch of grey around the tentacles, perhaps, but still the same old Alpha. Welcome to Trap One Podcast. Joining me today to discuss Empress of Mars by Mark Gatiss uh, is Denise and Keith. Uh, welcome back. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, so, uh, Mark Gatiss's script for this series, we both enjoy this one? Yes, very much so. Very nice story. I usually enjoy Mark Gatiss stories. He seems to get a lot of criticism from fans, but... Uh... I generally like his stuff. They say it's sort of fan service, but I'm a fan and I like his service. So. <laughs> yeah, I think this one was, was maybe not as heavy. The references are more subtle. Like a lot of them have been in this series, I think, haven't they? There's been, uh, you know, where we had the Mavellans and the the picture of Susan. They haven't been critical to the plot. They've been more more nods, maybe. Nothing's got yeah. in the way of the, the general public understanding it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and what did we both think of the, the Monks trilogy? My well, big problem with it was that I loved the first two parts, then the final part, the Doctor seemed to want to turn Bill into a murderess. Like, really struggled getting past that bit. Mm. And obviously, yes, for a three-part um, story, I thought the last part was actually quite rushed, bizarrely. I could have done with more sort of dystopian future. Yes, it was very, very much hinted at, and that it was just a short time. And but I thought visually it was done very well, where um, Bill had uh, tidied up her hair for the episode, and yeah. uh, it was less wild and free. Everybody wearing grey for the occasion, and yeah. everybody's wearing dark blue knitwear. You know, it was. Uh... And I love Capaldi being rude to the lady with the curly hair at the end. That was a nice endearing throwback to his first series. <laughs> I think it did seem like stories that had been thought of individually uh, and then given the same villain, uh, so they didn't tie together that well. I think it was saying last week about how the monks don't get any dialogue in uh, The Lie of the Land. It seems mm-hmm. quite jarring. I think if you, you know, as we will in the future, watch it as a box set, that will seem a particularly odd shift uh, that they go from uh, from being villains who are, you know, kind of... Uh, egging the Doctor and everybody on to, to make the deal to just being silent in the, in the last episode. It's uh, quite a strange one. Yeah. And we've got no idea what ben- ultimate benefit it is for them either. No. They're not stealing they're anything. They're, they're not sapping <laughs> psychic energy or or at least nothing that is explained. No. But they just enjoy the sight of a good dystopian future, yeah. maybe. Well, who <laughs> Yeah, and we don't even know what they really look like either, because they explained in the, the the second one that that wasn't their uh, their true appearance. Um, but I think, as you allude to there, there's, there's rumours that they are the Cybermen. I really hope not. <laughs> I don't know why. I just I like my traditional um, Earth going a different way technology wise. So we'll see. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that's a bit of a theme as well. With um, also Nardo yeah. hasn't. Hasn't seen his real face for a long time, so it's uh, it's interesting. Who are people really? And it would be nice to find out some more later on, perhaps. He's really David Wellings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. I can't help thinking his uh, kind of cybernetic nature is going to play into the Cyberman finale. It's, uh, that would be interesting. Yeah, very much so. Uh, so, if we're all ready. Uh, if we've got it teed up, we'll press play on the Empress of Mars. In okay. Three, two, one. Uh, so we've got the uh, the opening at NASA, which is a really good set for something that's very used very briefly, isn't it? Yeah, very much so. Yeah. 
wondering how much is blue screen. Yeah, um, yeah, I was wondering that with the actual ice warriors as well. Did they actually build more costumes? Or is it the same one they used previously, just replicated a lot? Yeah, it'd be interesting. There's the scenes where you get you get two or three of them, isn't there? Whether they built a couple more or could be a lot of money yeah. just for a couple of shots. Yeah, I suppose they do that though, don't they? When you think about the, um, I can't remember called in the Viking story last year. What were those? Aliens with the big square helmets. Oh, there yes, the ones we've all forgotten. That's the one. Yeah. Um, Tell right. me, I'm just an old school fan. I just like yeah. to think they're doing everything on the cheaper. Yeah. <laughs> it just feels strange they actually have money these days. I, I genuinely forget that sometimes. But, oh, they've actually got a budget. Yeah. <laughs> mm, that set's not wobbly at all. What oh, am I watching again? Yeah. <laughs> Another speaking this, lady. Uh, That's unusual for this one. Uh, so this is quite nice the, the way they've just infiltrated NASA just as a just as a field trip. It harks back to uh, the Doctor educating Bill, doesn't it? Which hasn't been um, hasn't been uh, to the fore in the last few episodes. Also, a nice standalone thing that just popped up in an adventure, and also yeah. hints they're doing other stuff in the background. And Noddle's sort of like happy to join along now. Yeah. God save the Queen. Yeah, I think it was only the second time I watched it that I uh, kind of cottoned on that they mean Queen Ixia. Of Mars, yeah. Um, when when they actually uh, do it at the end. Yeah, it's a clever double meaning, I like that. Uh, Still hate this music. <laughs> and I did love Peter Capaldi's smile. Yeah. Great, now I've got something to investigate. Yeah, he's got a very kind of wolfish grin, hasn't he? And uh, mm. Very cheeky and makes him look 20, 30 years younger. Yeah. And Do we you... like big hair or short hair, though? Mm. He's the doctor. He can do what he yeah. wants. Yeah. My money's on big hair. <laughs> I, I, I like the hair as it is at the moment, yeah. I was, was going to say, just about uh, him, the way he grins, it was used to quite uh, sinister effect in Lie of the Land, wasn't it, when he was doing his... He's um, mm. uh, broadcast to the nation. Yeah, he's sort of propaganda uh, and smiling that we made it. He can, he can turn it sinister or, or like you say, playful. He's, he's so good. So he's going to be so missed. And we're under Mars. Yeah. Were we disappointed if we didn't get the uh, a mention of the water monsters? Ah, uh, no, I didn't even think of that from the waters of Mars, yeah. It's There's, a big planet, they could be anywhere. Really. Yeah, because they, they make a, a reference to uh, a war, don't they, when Friday says to the Queen, everything we fought the war and it was all for nothing. Ah. I wonder if it was, um, yeah, ice warriors who'd been possessed by... Naughty rain. Yeah. <laughs> you like the new spacesuits? Yeah. Oh, they are beautiful, aren't they? Really cool. Very sleek. The first sleek. contact ones from Star Trek, is like bit more sleek. Yeah. Like the orange ones are probably wearing a bit thin by now. Yeah. She's had them quite a while, hasn't he? She got back into a spacesuit um, very quickly. You'd think she'd been a bit more dubious about them after <laughs> the last time. I did think this about how, how keen she is to take the mask off. Yeah. <laughs> mm. yeah, she's obviously got a bit of a phobia after oxygen, and who can blame her? Yeah. Nobody going blind this time, though. So are these real caves, or is this a studio, do you think? Uh, I believe, I can't remember where I read it or saw it, some of it is in is on a set, and some of it is in some caves near Bristol. It looks very impressive, doesn't yeah. it? And yeah. there goes Bill down the rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah, that was, it's never explained, is it? Whether it is just a... Uh... Well, I suppose they were climbing through the ground later in the stories, perhaps. Yeah. Maybe they've got like a tunnelling thing we've never known about before. Yeah. I suppose it's too big for an ice warrior to fall down, so it's not a not a hazard that they needed to uh, to mark. And at least she never bounced. No, they like... didn't need to put one of those health and safety signs up. <laughs> and she didn't bounce like Perry and Andrew's army. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you think this is invisible, uh -huh. John Sim, using the uh, TARDIS here? Yeah, the controls. Yes, and uh... warp. <laughs> so, is it the is it the hats? Because um, the TARDIS disappeared in um, Cold War as well. Yeah, it does did, didn't the it? TARDIS have a phobia for ice warriors? Yeah, 
Photographers is a racist against reptiles. Because <laughs> yeah, that's the uh, the hostile action displacement system, and then it's the hostile action dispersal system, isn't it? In the um, Magician's Apprentice and the Witch's Familiar, where it just sort of became molecules in the air that reformed at the end of the story. What if the, the estate of Robert Holmes gets a payment every time they mention it? Yeah. <laughs> Oops, here we are. Yeah, this is a nice uh, introduction. Uh, I like the way the the soldier in a moment is, uh, the doctor thinks he's uh, trying to protect him from the ice warrior, but it's the other way around. It also puts you on the side of that character as well, so it's a nice sort of like uh, way to... Uh, undermine you later when you have to change allegiances. Yeah. They do stomp well, don't they, I suppose? Yeah. I'm a big fan of Seeds of Death, so I like a big stomping side of them. Yeah, I'm no, thinking that spacesuit is a little bit unpractically designed with all of the little eye holes. But, uh, Which disappear yeah. later when he's on the surface, because uh, the later spacesuit doesn't have that, does it? No, you can see his face, can't you? Uh, maybe the doctor's adapted it. The sonic screwdriver. I love the little phonograph thing on the side, though. Yeah, yeah, the little uh, ear trumpet. Very steampunk. Yeah. I mean, cool, but not sure how practical it would be. Yeah. There's um, one of um, Phil Sandifer's books. I feel like I mention him uh, every week. Uh, he's the TARDIS over the tired. I can never pronounce it either, Eruditorum. Uh, he talks about how Doctor Who invented, or can claim to have invented steampunk, um, because the earliest example he can find of it is Evil of the Daleks, mm. with the sort of Victorian time machine that uh, Max Double and Waterfield... Uh, yes. yeah. I've always said Whitaker loves his static electricity. Yeah. Awesome. Not Nicholas Briggs doing the voices this time. I didn't notice that. I checked. I like these things. Right. <laughs> uh, that's interesting, isn't it? Because uh, he does uh, a lot, most monster voices, doesn't he? He did the um, Skaldak last time. Perhaps they just wanted him to be sounding different. Yeah. It? And then, uh, That vault door is a thing of beauty. It is, isn't it? I think it's going to be a big finish spin-off, Nardole and Missy. Yeah. <laughs> Having their own private adventures. Actually, I'd buy that now, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll pre-order that. It would have been nice to see more scenes of them together, I think, as, uh, as she tries to help him and then they're in the TARDIS together. It would be a, a good pairing, I think. But the sad thing is the season's going on, the wish list is getting shorter, isn't it? Because we're getting less and less chances. Yeah. Three weeks to go. Seems impossible. This is it. He, uh, he quickly forgets his, uh, he's been nagging the Doctor all series about his oath, hasn't he? And uh, yeah, probably had lots yeah. and lots of adventures we've not seen where he's really lightened up with them. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the actor playing Catchlove here, uh, I didn't realise until I looked him up, is um, Ferdinand Kingsley, which is a great name. He's Ben Kingsley's son. Oh. Okay. Didn't inherit the hairline. Uh, no, uh, I'm not sure. Not sure what else he's been in, but uh, he's a very yeah. handsome chap. He reminds me a little bit of the um, the captain, Captain Scott in A Shock. Similar sort of yeah. dashing type with the moustache and a uniform that is tashed. Yes, perfect. Do you like this Man Friday reference, or is it a bit awkward? Really? Yeah, it was odd that Bill didn't pick it up, I thought. And then, uh, especially because she knows a lot about kind of older films in a, in a little while as well, doesn't she? Yeah. Uh, I like the Doctor's great on this bit. Peter Capaldi, uh, kind of very unconvincing lying about being on the ship. Which we never get to see, do we? It's, uh, it seems odd that uh, we don't get a shot of the, the soldiers piling back aboard it at the end or anything. And expense too far, maybe. Yeah, I suppose they'd have had to put them all in, in steampunk spacesuits as well to, uh, to achieve mm. that. <laughs> uh, 
I was very pleased all the soldiers mm. that got killed were wearing red shirts. So I thought that was very appropriate. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, this is the Star Trek. Uh... It doesn't really yeah. need to be Victorian, does it? But the fact it is just sort of gives it that extra. Yeah, yeah, it's a nice. Uh... It's a lovely contrast with like the high tech of the um, of the gun. Yeah, the gargantua. Or mm. the monster of Peladon, sort of like a, a mining device blowing up bits of cave. Yeah. <laughs> Slightly more impressively realised this time. <laughs> yeah. So that thing from the uh, journey to the Earth's core as well, sort of got that Victorian feel about it. Mm. It's not really clear why um, Friday has brought the soldiers back, is it? Unless he needed them to pilot the ship. He needed more than one person. So we have Doctor Who Queen Victoria, but last week we didn't have Doctor Who Churchill. Did I didn't notice that. Was it not the... He wasn't Ian McNeese, he was actually Churchill last time. Ah, right. This is true, it was. I couldn't afford him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that seems like a bit of an oversight, doesn't it? So... Perhaps again that was part of because um, they're trying to relaunch the series to get more new viewers in. Um, the Queen Victoria thing, different decision, but uh, you could understand they would want Winston Churchill rather than somebody that people would recognise as an actor, yeah. a character actor, perhaps. Yeah, more in that situation. But more confusing. Yes, it was a nice touch, and I'm sure Pauline Collins must have been pleased. Yeah. Yeah, maybe she can. Uh, maybe she can buy that painting or something. This is Mark. I like the selection of tea and cakes that they have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nearly out of provisions, but you know, still yeah. got two or three different kinds of cake. Yeah, <laughs> and and different options for tea as well. So it's a bit like the uh, Mark Gates with Victory of the Daleks, isn't it? As well, having Doctor Who monsters doing uh, domestic chores. I like the way they set up a tent, even though they're in caves. Yeah, yeah, it's a sort of uh, Victorian thing, isn't it? Trying to trying to maintain standards and, uh, and everything. There, mm. the yes, they they brought that dining table with them. Yeah, and <laughs> <laughs> decided that was an essential piece of kit. And bizarrely, later a wooden door as well. What yeah, <laughs> mind you, I never travel with that one. So <laughs> That sounded familiar, that the, the thing about the, um, what they were just saying there about the crushing of the flower. Did John Pertwee say something like that about the doctor, that, uh, about his alien morality? It just kind of rang a very distant bell. But I... Colin Baker said something about being upset about the dead butterfly after studying over loads of bodies and he's being interviewed once. That might be what I'm thinking of. Yeah, because it was something with the ultimate adventure, the stage play, that he was talking about it. Maybe that's why I'm getting mixed up with Pertwee. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this, uh, this is a nice scene where uh, Friday says about he's old and tired and, and spent, but then he's got lightning fast reflexes to uh, to catch the plate. That's a nice subtle touch. Yeah, the main thing about protecting crockery. Yeah. But as soon as you get to sort of like begin to like these soldiers, you kind of know the doomed. Yeah. Mm. Especially when he starts talking about his uh, fiance, you think, "Yep, you're never getting out of this alive." Yeah, that's uh, no. That's a proper. He's movie. not going home again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now I thought they punctured the uh, thing and they were going to get the oxygen sucked out for a second. So well, yeah. <laughs> completely wrong about that. One. <laughs> yeah, prisoners have been told not to fire upwards. Uh, <laughs> probably by the National Trust so the actor that plays Jackdaw here the one who tries to steal the uh, the the, the crystal in a moment from the Tomb of Russell. Yeah, he's a Northern Irish actor who's in Game of Thrones oh. he was at the Carlisle Comic Con earlier this year was he? which we were okay. at uh, yeah. although we didn't know each other then you were there as well oh, completely missed that did you go to the talk? I only had eyes for Colin. Then I yeah. <laughs> yeah, Colin Baker was there as well. Uh, but yeah, he was talking mainly about Game of Thrones and different things, but he did mention that he was in Mark Gatiss' episode this year, but then he wouldn't be drawn uh, for any further details whatsoever. 
Um, but he did mention that uh, the best thing about doing it was that the green room is the TARDIS set uh, when they're filming. And I think the, um, I can't remember the actor's name, the guy that plays his commander, his commanding officer, he tweeted a picture of the three kind of main soldiers who aren't the two, uh, who aren't Catchlove and, and the guy who got hanged on the TARDIS set, just kind of hanging around on there. Uh, but I think there are a lot of places on that set now where people sit down and when they had all the uh, the clergy in it a couple of weeks ago um, on the way to pick Bill up from the Vatican, there's there's all kind of steps and things, aren't there? So you can you can kind of imagine them hanging out in there. Lots of minor actors trying to convince their Twitter followers that they're not the yeah. next doctor. <laughs> yeah, apparently Russell T. Davis has said this week that he knows who the 13th doctor is. But, uh, he's, but not he's not going to tell. No. So. Unless you offer him a signal. It's all going to be quiet on that front now, hasn't it? Yeah, I think I think they're probably going to wait until after this series. You'd imagine so as not to to take away from Capaldi's last few episodes. But I believe they they're filming the Christmas special quite soon, so uh, we'll get to the point, I suppose, where they have to announce it before they uh, before they do any filming. I'd love not to know that. But I genuinely don't think that's going to happen. We'll find out what they do. Yeah. No. I don't know if they're going to do another one of those big shows that they had for the big reveal. But, uh, They've done it the last couple of... They did it for Matt Smith and Peter Capaldi, didn't they? Although Peter Capaldi was live. Um, uh, yeah. It's, it seems like a precedent now, doesn't it? I watched a work with a uh, group of Polish carers who were completely perplexed by it. The Capaldi one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he wondered if we had to vote for somebody or something. But no, no, yeah. just a program to announce an actor. <laughs> and they gave me one of those looks. <laughs> I was at a wedding. Um, had to uh, one, one of the ushers was a Doctor Who fan as well. So we uh, actually know one of the best men. So we uh, we just nipped up, to <laughs> sneaked off <the> <laughs> to, to watch watch a bit of the program. Nearly missed the first dance. Yeah, nearly in trouble. Huh? We're going to see the ceremony. Yeah. <laughs> We've got a good set of whiskers there, I approve of that. Yeah. It's quite, uh, it reminded me a bit of uh, The Man Who Would Be King, a little bit with the, uh, trying to, uh, trying to steal some of the jewels and then set himself up a bit, isn't he, Jackdaw? It's a nice mm. like subverting the, uh, yeah, the Daleks in there, but actually drugging the officer rather than... Yeah. Yeah, that's the, the rank has its privileges, is, uh, is a Mike yes. Blake's line, isn't it? Uh, yeah, when he nicks Benton sandwiches. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I was genuinely worried because of the actors of the car, so they were going to say race has his privilege, and I was, thinking, I was so pleased they didn't because yeah. it would have been a cheap point and uh, rather awkward. Absolutely. Yeah, why did the drag him, though? They're just literally yeah. taking like 60 centimetres a bit further yeah. away. I mean, what was the point of that, really? <laughs> Yeah, it's difficult to see how he's going to get away with it in some ways, isn't it? It's, uh, they are stuck on an alien planet. Mm-hmm. Mind you, he's aware that they can get home slightly more easier than the rest of them. But That's right, yeah, he said the repairs are a bit further on than than Catch Love has been making out. It just sort of presupposes that Ice War is actually going to fly them home, because presumably they can't actually fly a spaceship. Yeah. Well, they had time to learn, although it must have been a very, very fast spaceship. Certainly yeah. faster than anything we could produce today. Well, those pirates learned very quickly in uh, the Black Pearl ones, didn't they? Black Spot. Yeah, Curse of the Black Spot, yeah. Yeah, that was the uh, the, the, the captain in that. He sort of recognised the controls on the TARDIS just as being sort of universal uh, ways of uh, piloting a ship. Yeah, it does look very much like it. You wonder if it's the same prop, don't you? I don't think they do these things by accident. No. I think because it's another Pertwee reference, isn't it, really? Like the RHIP and the... Mm. uh... And they used one of those crystals in Hyde as well, of course. So they've been seen not too many years ago. Yeah. But that was one of the metabolists. Yeah. Ooh. It's a nice gr- detail on, on Friday's face with the eye, isn't it? It's that really uh, quite grotesque, isn't it? Yeah. 
presumably lost it in the crash. And you never see what happened to Jack Daw, do you? Nothing good, I suspect. Yeah. And it's an interesting choice of name as well, of course, because a jackdaw is one of the um, species of birds that is known for stealing shiny objects. Which uh, it never occurred to me until you just said it. No, no, no. no <laughs> that's, uh, yeah. Nominative determinism, isn't it? That's, uh, <laughs> mm -hmm. And here we have uh, the Ice Queen. It's a great costume, isn't it? It's a really good extension of the traditional ice warrior. Yeah. You've got the hint of the ice lord about it too with the mask. It's, uh... Uh, so I looked up this actress, um, Adele Lynch, on IMDb. She only has two credits, which is which are this, and three episodes of The Bill um, in, between 1999 and 2000. So thought it was interesting. Whether she's better known for theatre work, I'm not sure. But it seemed like quite a quite a big role for somebody with uh, without many TV credits. And oh, we have missed the particularly spectacular death. I really love the, uh, the effect of the Ice Warriors gun. It's such a great sort of extension of the old sort of mirror long effect of like making people wobbly. This literally distorts people to death. It's, uh... Yeah. Do you think that frightened the children? I do hope that. Yeah, hopefully. Yeah, it, it does look painful. It is a magnificent yeah. costume and. Yes, all of the extra touches, the dreadlocks or whatever they are. Such the uh, predator, yeah. <laughs> Here we are. And the very frightening teeth. Yeah. The voice reminded me a little bit of um, the Rachnos. Mm. I don't know if that is, is part of that, he's having those teeth in. <laughs> I think you're probably right. I think that is um, an actor who can speak very clearly, having to enunciate with an extra set of teeth, yeah. which can't be easy. Uh, yeah, it, affect, it affects the delivery. She's British, we've all got terrible teeth. <laughs> <laughs> so all the speaking parts are going to be doomed pretty much now. Yeah, I like the, um, the doctor stepping forward. It's like when... Um, it's like in Frontier in Space, isn't it, where he knows how to greet the Draconians properly and uh, it's a nice way of showing his, uh, his sort of credentials as a... As a Citizen as, of the universe yeah, that's it, and yeah. a gentleman to boot. Yeah. <laughs> it's sort of very Pertwish as well, isn't it, sort of showing respect to yeah. not necessarily human dignity. Absolutely. And he does overdo it in colony, I suppose. Too much groveling to puppets. Just realised I hadn't put the subtitles on, so I'll <laughs> just uh, correct. <laughs> there we go. Uh, yeah, just since we had our technical blip earlier. There, that's much better now. Rather oh, marvellous that the Ice Warriors subtitles yeah. were green then. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, how does mm. she, who's never seen a human before, know that's a female? There must be sensors built into the. Uh, the biomechanical suit. Must be some kind of heads-up display on the red. Absolutely. The red eyes, do you think? <laughs> no. <laughs> or different pheromones, and she just drew some conclusions. That, yeah. Uh, Head cannon accepted. Yeah. Uh, well, I suppose we don't know that she hasn't seen a human before, though, do we? They've been asleep for that. five thousand years, was it? So she might have seen. We've been very primitive back then. Uh, yeah, sort of. Uh, <laughs> Primitive um, sort of uh, ape, apes or whatever. But uh. see, the Iceman, he was about 5,000 years, maybe a little yeah. bit more. Yeah, so you could have seen the, the, the early stages of, uh, of evolution. So I suppose the, uh, the Silurians are well before. We don't know how old the Ice Warrior civilization is, I suppose, but. Uh, I do get confused by their history because sort of seeds of death. You sort of kind of implies they come from Mars, but that's very far into our future. Well, actually, about now. Yeah. <laughs> well, the thing, of course, is that um, Victoria names the Ice Warriors in the Ice Warriors, mm. um, after <laughs> which they just start calling themselves it. But this is well before the Ice Warriors, isn't it? Before the before the Ice Age. 
she was just a lot brighter than we gave it to Yeah. There's um <laughs> the there's the eleventh Doctor novel, um The Silent Stars Go By. If you've read that, it's uh where the eleventh Doctor makes a point of it. They they um I think it's Amy and Rory uh, in the story. Uh, and they say, oh, why are they call the Ice Warriors? And it's a funny thing. My friend Victoria just called them that, and then it sort of stuck. <laughs> <laughs> it could have something to do with translation circuits. Yeah, that's true. Oh, good point. Uh, the Sea Devils are happy calling themselves that in Warriors of the Deep as well. Aren't they? Mm, and yeah. the Silurians aren't actually Silurian, are they? No, that's it. It was, it was corrected, wasn't it, in the Sea Devils? Wrong. Mm. Uh, <laughs> and then quietly forgotten about. <laughs> uh, Silurian sounds like a, a Doctor Who alien name, though, doesn't it? I think that's the. Uh... Mm. Does Madeline Vastra refer to herself as a Silurian, or does she just talk about my race? Oh, no, that's not sure. Mm. It feels like it's it's banded around a lot in the new series, but I can't think of any specific examples. Good Man Goes to War was on the other day as well. I watched a bit of it, but I can't remember if they were referred to as Silurians or not. Yeah, this little bit of side story, I'm not quite sure the relevance of it, but it really gives him a, a motivation for later. Yeah, with the uh, with the rope burn. Yeah, it makes you wonder how he... Uh... Took back charge again. Yeah. Escape Mr. Love, the uniform, I suppose. Yeah. I suppose it's easier to change your name and your identity in Victorian times, isn't it? Without uh... <laughs> very definitely. Uh, no national insurance numbers, no passports. That's it. And uh, Catchlove's been uh, bleeding him dry, and he's presumably been blackmailing him and getting promotions for all these years. I do like Oprah uh, Crocodile as a description. That is excellent. Yeah. I like the uh, used to talk about Vikings before as well, because they originally sort of envisioned to be sort of space Vikings, weren't they? So it's sort of a nice, another bit of Gates um, reference to uh, who law. Yeah. Yeah, very. Uh, Catchlow's a very hissable villain in this one, isn't he? Sort of like. Um, it's Flashman, the, uh, the books. Uh, yeah. Quite a dashing rogue in it. Yeah. Yes, very used to getting his own way. Yeah. Uh, I suppose a good sort of um, kind of icon of the, of the British Empire at this point as well. Is the cosmic That's space it. door made of wood? Yeah, I hadn't. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I hadn't thought of that. Yeah, that they've. Uh, Bought a tent in a prison. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I love these figures sort of glowing like that. It's yeah, the. Simple, uh, but sort of. And it's a bit like um, Tomb of the Cybermen, isn't it? Nice way of suggesting greater numbers just by having the silhouettes. With less cellophane. Yeah. Between the wooden bunker, yes, it is a very beautiful set indeed. Yeah, I think I'm not sure we've missed the part where um, Queen uh, Iraxa is uh, calling out to Iceroy saying, sleep no more. Yeah. <laughs> I think they missed the opportunity to say, yeah. carry on, Sergeant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I wondered when I watched it the second time if there were any other uh, references to, to Gatiss's other stories, but... Yeah, there was there was some backlash, wasn't there? There seems to be a lot about that, a lot of gated stories. I don't know why, because I really do like his work. Yeah, Crimson Horror is one of my favourite stories ever. I think uh, Crimson Horror is one of my favourites that he's he's done. Yes, that is a good one, and they were so lucky with the casting with that one as well. Yeah, yeah. Diana Rigg and Rachel Stevenson. And Clara always looked so good in period costume as well. Yeah. Yeah, very good story, that one. And Cold War, the same year as well. Uh... 
Probably two of his most popular stories, definitely. There's nothing actually wrong with the victory of the Daleks other than the design of the Daleks, which, to be fair, wasn't really his fault, was it? <laughs> no, I think he's, he's criticised them quite early on, didn't he? Which have now been completely yeah. forgotten about, I think. <laughs> yeah. Um, the eye Daleks. Yeah. They, uh, they're at the Doctor Experience, probably the only place you can, uh, <laughs> you can still see them. I've got a blue one on my desk at work. Ah, right. <laughs> and I think we've got one in the bedroom yeah. as well. We've got a red one in the bedroom. <laughs> don't but tell it's... me you don't have Daleks in your bedrooms. Oh, wow. <laughs> Hundreds of them. I've always got a little red new Dalek in my key ring, so there we go. Ah, very good. <laughs> <laughs> I've, got the, I've got a few of the fight from the five-inch range. I've got, the, uh, uh, I've got the orange one from the new Paradigm and uh, an iron side. Nice. You really know this chap's yeah. doomed now, don't you? Yeah. This, yeah, it seemed like it was such a cliche from a war film mm. um, that they were going to subvert it somehow. <laughs> and they don't. And the other chap should yeah. just be like two days from retiring, shouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I really like this crawling out of the ground, but that's... Um, yeah. Nicely creepy. Yeah. It's a little bit uh, hungry earth as well, isn't it? And the richer uh, died. <laughs> it's really horrible, isn't it, the way they're all scrunched up? Yeah. Easy to stack, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> Use them as bean bags. Yeah. <laughs> Lethal and practical, marvellous. Maybe. Yeah, it is, uh, it's something new, isn't it, seeing them come out of the ground like that? Ah, this is, we hadn't missed it. This is the uh, Sleep No More. As I liked my idiot's lantern. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just be trying to think yeah. of other things you've written. <laughs> Yeah, so it's Crimson Horror is the hardest thing to work into, <laughs> yeah. into into everyday dialogue, isn't it? My uniforms are Crimson Horror. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's his herb, Nightshade? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think Nightshade might be my all-time favourite thing that Mark Gates has written. I have to say, I love the line, it's obvious for a game of soldiers, that is just... Yeah. Mm. I think that and uh, Penguin with the awesome Pies are my two favourite lines of this series. Yeah. <laughs> I quite like Missy last week um, saying that, you know, what, what might happen to Bill about being, uh, you know, kind of a, a mindless husk who couldn't even get on Celebrity Love Island. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> Every time Bill's a bit worried about Missy, despite the fact they've never actually met. Yeah, I the reaction was sort of more clawish, I thought, because basically it was just a woman in a box, wasn't it? Why would she be so a rude woman in a box, admittedly? But there's no reason to know she's not like this genocidal maniac. No, I suppose it's all just other than the fact she's being kept in a box. Of yeah, built up from the doctor's uh, dedication to guarding her and keeping her in there, I suppose. It might just be the doctor was very, very creepy, just like even ladies. In yeah. <laughs> Those are excellent yeah. Ice Warrior costumes. Yeah, it's a really yeah. good adaptation, like, isn't it? Because mm -hmm. uh, the Silurians were just completely different, were they? Was this you can tell it's an Ice Warrior? Yeah. Yeah, it makes you wonder why. Uh, given that the other stories are set in the future, they uh, they go for uh, for less streamlined. <laughs> the, the later ones are a bit more. They've all got Pally very quickly, though. She's definitely a part six of a six-part story, rather than yeah. <laughs> 45 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Quite clever to, you can tell, Friday by by that injury as well, by the, the missing eye. Yeah. Yeah, these scenes make, the, make it look a lot bigger, don't they, the set? Maybe these ones filmed in the cave, where the Doctor's aiming the... Uh, the gargantua at the ceiling. Nearly called it giant space government. Yeah. Quite a lot of it. 
<laughs> yeah, this tied up quite nicely. The, the Doctor referring to uh, to Frozen when he hadn't heard of Terminator or any <laughs> of those films. <laughs> Yeah, I think this is possibly some of the criticism I've seen about this story is that it is fairly straightforward in that it's more or less what happens in, in Cold War, isn't it? That the humans and the ice warrior want to kill each other and the Doctor kind of manages to to sort things out after a few humans have been killed. Uh, there aren't a lot of uh, twists or anything. But I think a straightforward story, well told, is probably good for getting an audience, really, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's, it's standalone, isn't it? And uh, I've got sort of not weird friends who gave up on the monk story just because they found it completely baffling. Yeah, this would have probably sat through. Yeah, this this will get them back. Uh... Were the ratings any better now? Britain's Got Talent. I haven't seen them actually. I'm not sure. I think it all evens out with the with the catch up anyway, doesn't it? The, the consolidated figures. The ball will be cancelled after running back rows next week. Monday. Yeah, she's uh, <laughs> the kiss of death. <laughs> and it's safe for, for at least five years, isn't it? Um, Stephen Moffat said that uh, the BBC have got plans. If the BBC survives five years, Doctor yeah. Who will as well. Yeah. There's a lot going on at the moment. Yeah, this uh, I suppose this is where they uh, catch love, and I can't remember the other guy's name. Um, where he's the, uh, the command officer's turned back up again, Mister Broken Neck. Yeah, found his uh, <laughs> found his courage. I do like the way he's still very nervous about it, though. He's not sort of like a complete character change. Yeah. Expression on her face them is just like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> it's mm. not bad for a master. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Yeah, the doctor a bit passive at this point as well, isn't he? There's, uh, other than sort of um, trying to force a stalemate earlier with the gun, it's this guy that does the. Uh, that really shifts the um, shifts the story on. Well, I suppose it's nice occasionally yeah. just not have the doctor to have like resolve everything, have a master plan, and yeah, and just be a witness, be a, a traveller again. And you get that thing of the doctor inspiring people as well to to be better, don't you? You get that in quite a few stories. I'm entirely sure he's done that this time, I do. But no, he's inspired him to have better hair. Yeah, <laughs> the sleeper uniform. So it's a bit like the uh, the guy on the um, who's the captain of the the Orient Express in space, where he was uh, sort of forced forced to take action in the end, wasn't he? And then he'd have a teeny bit dead. Yeah. That's what I made a note of. I missed before when the uh, Catchlove describes him as a paper tiger. I'd never heard that expression before. Um, I don't know if that's just me. Have you nope. come across it before? It's a Chinese expression that just basically means the back's worse than the bite, you know, that, um, that they haven't got any mm. real power. Um, and you know that thing when you learn something new and then you hear it again? Uh, and it was on Radio 4, I think, yesterday morning or the morning before, where they used it to describe Theresa May. Oh. Okay. Thought, that's really strange to hear it. Um, but then I thought maybe the person talking, I can't remember who it was, maybe they just watched Doctor Who and looked it up as well. <laughs> Could thought, well be, actually. Yeah, I thought, yes. I'm going to use that, yeah. Doctor Who influencing the international events Yeah. Perhaps um, this episode will cause a few more phrases to be brought back into general use. All my puffs, sod this for a game of soldiers, etc. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, those uh they, they don't talk like out and out caricatures, do they? Um but there's there's enough lines in there that it, it creates quite a nice um 
Feeling All my puff, of course, yeah. was um, from the talent of Wing Chiang as well, of course. Ah, right. Did you gonna nick it? When the body is brought out of the river. Puffs is smart with no teeth. And this is the bit when we thought, is it, is it, is it? Yeah. I did say, when I heard the voice, I thought, oh, I really hope that's Alpha Centauri. And then uh, as it went on, I thought, it definitely is. I thought they got Jane Goddard from the from the audios, and obviously, no, they've gone back to the original, which was brilliant. I didn't realise Alpha Centauri had been in Big Finish. Yeah, she was um, in Bride of Peladon. Never heard that one. Really. Yeah, because um, Robbie Sherman said he actually married Alpha Centauri. <laughs> <laughs> No, I haven't heard that one either, but I do like Peladon. Yeah, by all accounts, Mark um, Gates was uh, one of his early pictures was to make this a, a Peladon story uh, as a Brexit analogy. I might have been a little bit on the nose. I realise that was going to be terrible. So he, this is yeah. a, he hasn't got to do with little circles with his helmet. So this one, he's got like a proper visor. Yeah, the other ones are lots of little sort of portholes, didn't they? This mm. one's... Uh, I guess they've all got a suit, though, because uh, they'd all have had to make it across the surface. And they all had to make their own from whatever spare parts they happen to have in yeah. there. <laughs> That's what happened to the rest of the tents and doors. Got turned yeah. Mm. yeah, it's a, it is a really cool look, though. <laughs> and then God, God save the Queen of yeah, so I hadn't, I hadn't really uh, cottoned on that they now referred to the uh, to the to the Queen Araxia instead of Queen Elizabeth. First time I watched that, and then the TARDIS is back. Deep fun. Uh, <laughs> 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 so this it's odd, odd exchange here between the Doctor and Missy, isn't it? Mm. Um. Seen some speculation. Well, your theory, uh, Keith. I think the doctor's been regenerating all season. She's generally asking how he is. However, I'm probably completely wrong because I generally am on these things. What I took it to mean, <laughs> the, the sort of odd delivery and the way she looks at him, is just that she's not used to feeling concern for anybody. So it's kind of a, a bit of an unfamiliar concept for her. That's why she, uh, she looks at him the way she does. But it's very open yeah, to there, interpretation. There is that strange theory, isn't there, that uh, something's already started with his regeneration. Yeah, maybe she an notices oxygen. it. Uh, she does look good at the TARDIS, though. I wish she had her own. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but yeah, it is very strange the way she looks at him like that. And it, it's such a point of it that it's mm. uh, there's got to be something there. And then. This looks great. Yeah, the Eaters of Light. Looks very creepy, doesn't it? Uh, and a trailer that doesn't really give much away at all. Oh, no, it doesn't. The new Who, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, they've turned up a few times, haven't they? Especially the uh, so end of Series 5, don't they? There's, uh, yeah. Get the money to work out the costume. Uh, yeah. That's going to be a costume the BBC have uh, <laughs> after hand, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I love so. that. That was really good. Short and sweet. Good old-fashioned yeah. ones to stop me around and turning people into beanbags. What more can you ask? Foam, that's what you should yeah. have had. You'd have been marching through foam <laughs> before they did it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, I think there was something there for both the um, long-standing fans and the newer fans as well, I think. Uh, and children would have enjoyed that one as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, anything with the the kind of the monsters stomping around and uh, yeah, and a, and a cool inventive death like that. Mm, yes, yeah, pretending to be yeah. shot by a cyberman and curling up into a little ball. Yeah, that's it. Um, so uh, you've seen the uh, interview with uh, Chris Chibnall this week, where he hasn't said very much. Um, but they're talking. Uh, he talks about an in interview. The uh, his appointment has been a five-year commitment, which ties in with what Stephen Moffat said about you know the uh, the show being around for at least five years. So it seems like he's there for the duration. Mm. Um, I wonder if there'll be any more broadchurches during the period. I think they've said that it, that, that was the end. That it was uh, mm. there was only going to be the three series. Uh, Unless they really need the money. <laughs> 
Yeah, maybe. I suppose somebody else could bring it back for ATV. If, uh, Boom. Uh, should, I confess uh, I've never watched it, so I didn't know. I haven't either, I no. Um, I did mean to, but yeah, I've never, never got around to picking it up. Um, but yeah, the other thing he talks about in there is how when he was negotiating with the BBC, he had uh, apparently quite a bold pitch, which he didn't think they would go for. Uh, and apparently they agreed immediately, um, which I thought was interesting because the rumours are that the BBC want him to go back to the sort of David Tennant, Billy Piper, you know, dashing young doctor, uh, kind of young female companion. Mind you, have to know the doctor, that would make sense really, wouldn't it? It's always good to have the the contract. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, he doesn't see, seem that bold, though, to, to go back to that. So it does sound like something maybe, uh, not necessarily in terms of the casting, but in what he's going to do with the stories, uh, that there might be something something markedly different. Or he's just trying to throw the fans off the centre, maybe. Yeah, that's the other thing. You know, you, you don't know how far along he is with the planning, I suppose. Uh, they're not filming until next year, are they, by all accounts? Mm. 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 Yes, we're being a bit who-deprived at the moment, aren't we? So, uh, In the middle yes. of the series. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Have they just filmed the Christmas one yet? Are they... I believe they're starting soon, uh, from what I've read. Yeah, it's starting soon, so that uh, the anticipation is that the... It's the strange for Capaldi to finish a season and have this massive gap and go back to a job he's leaving. Yeah. It sort of boosts the idea that maybe he does leave at the end of this and then the Christmas one is for the new Doctor, but then that doesn't really make sense either because Chibnall hasn't taken over yet, so yeah, it's a mystery. Yeah, you can't see Stephen Moffat doing the first uh, No, it doesn't make sense at all. But then he has said he's been working with him to create a different kind of regeneration. Yeah. So as the contrast with the old series is when, uh, was it Terence Dix uh, invented the he said that there was a tradition that the outgoing script editor was <laughs> the first story of the next... Uh, Which did happen surprisingly often, actually, even by accident and design. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so Terence Dix came to, came to write Robot. He just sort of hoodwinked them <laughs> into it. Uh, but no, you, you got to think Chibnall's going to write the first story for the new Doctor. Uh, and we'll get the traditional few minutes at the end of Christmas. Well, the fact we're excited and we're speculating about it is really good, isn't it? Because this series is really... Because I have to say, especially last year when there was nothing on, my interest in who did sort of like meander slightly into other things. And now I'm back with it with a vengeance. So it's been, it's been a really good well, series and it's sort of inspired me to, uh, to be thinking about it again. Well, there are a lot of very good TV shows at the moment to distract our attention as well. I mean... Twin Peaks and Doctor Who on at the same time. I know. Isn't it bad? <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's, it's incredible. And we have that. And we have American Gods and Orange is the New Black and Fargo and uh, all of this and Doctor Who as well. It's amazing we ever really have time to leave our homes. Yep, absolutely. I think the only other, the only other one I'm watching is Fargo, which uh, has been brilliant so far. Um, really enjoyed the first two series and the third series off to a good start as well. Um, yes, yeah. I want to, so uh, interesting and quirky and uh, yeah, um, yeah, it's 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 such a good series. I want to watch American Gods because I read the book, but uh, it's on Amazon Prime, I think, which I don't have. So uh, I need to uh, need to look at doing a free trial once all the episodes are up. I think. Mm. Yes, and I've also just in, just finished, which was a John Feedenby recommendation, um, Designated Survivor on Netflix. Yeah, that's on my list as well. I haven't started it yet. That was very, very good. And particularly given real world events, it's like, yes, let's give that to Donald Trump to watch yeah. for a bit. It might give him a few pointers. <laughs> well, yeah, the other thing I'm watching that's new at the moment is uh, The Handmaid's Tale. Um, you've seen that as a new American series uh, and that seems quite prescient for the times as well it's, sort of it's a very future. famous novel isn't it yeah I've never I haven't read, read that um, my wife said she's read it so when, when we saw the trailer she said oh we'll have to watch this um, but yeah very kind of interesting dystopian future um, it was a radio uh, play but years ago it was uh, quite a depressing listener though I remember <laughs> 
Yeah, the TV show isn't is not like a ray of sunshine in your in your day. <laughs> yeah. um, very gripping though. Yeah. I think a lot of drama, a bit more glitzy, really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of course, anything else on um, the Empress of Mars? I think I've used up all my notes. Well, if it is the last hurrah for Mark Gatiss, I think he's going to have a really good one. I think that was an excellent story. Warmed my fanboy mm. heart. Yeah, because he doesn't think he's coming back next year. And it was Mark Gatiss that said in an interview that Chibnall's bringing in all new writers uh, and potentially a writer's room. Um, so, yeah, it will be, uh, be interesting to see what Mark Gatiss goes on to do next. Um, yes, maybe he'll hmm. get his own show or another show to do. Um, I mean, he's got a broad range of interests and a lot of in, lot of interesting things to say. So uh, maybe next always time. interested to see what comes out of his brain next. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Because uh, I've only read the first one. But he's got his Lucifer box novels, which I remember seeing years ago that they're going to adapt. Um, into a, a TV show or a movie or a TV movie, but it didn't seem to have. I think he got very realized. close, and he got very disheartened when um, he sort of fell at the last hurdle. I think. Ah, right. Uh, yeah, that might be something to go back to because the, the first books—that's the only one I've read. Very good. Really enjoyed it. Uh, because the, I mean, he's such a such a fan. He's, he, he'll continue to contribute in some way. You'd imagine. Hmm. Um, he's written for a Big Finish before, hasn't he? And uh, yes, different um, things, yeah. BBV. And he wrote the um, new adventures, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, he wrote a lot of that sort of BBV stuff, didn't he? In the uh, he did, and then he sort of like admitted later he wished he didn't know Big Finish were coming along because he'd use the ideas for that instead. Yeah. No, <laughs> proper Doctor Who, but uh, yeah, there's a very good one set in Britain, which is sort of like um, times change and it's sort of uh, the Puritans are in charge. That was an excellent story. Yeah, Republica. Yeah, right. Is that uh, is that one of those? Um, it's Professor and Ace. Yeah, <laughs> I, only, I listened to a couple of those, I think. Is it Island of Lost Souls? I can't remember which one's Gatiss wrote. Or they wrote it was that one. one. Yeah, it could have been that one. And mm. it was, uh, one after that was like a Eden Ride. It was like a version of The Tempest, wasn't it? Right. Oh, it's going back a bit now. Yeah. <laughs> My big problem with next week is not to treat it as like the the one we went, like just get out of the way before the Cybermen come back. So it's going to be treated, sort of treated as a... As a thing yeah. in its own right, rather than the uh, the stopgap before the one we're waiting for. So, yeah, absolutely, it does look it does look intriguing enough that because uh, not not something I know much about. The uh, it's the the ninth legion, isn't it? The that one disappeared that, in Caledonia, was it? Yeah. yeah, which I know there's books about. There's a movie or two about it, isn't there? But um, yeah, it's not not something I'm not acquainted with. But it does seem like prime. One star, no Clark, didn't it? just. To... Get a like who then? <laughs> yeah, I think is that, is that called the Legion or the Eagle or something like that? Uh, it seems like prime Doctor Who territory though. Some mysterious missing regiment, doesn't it? Seems uh, quite surprising. It's never been tackled before in a book or anything. Mm. Uh, especially something set in Britain, which they can, <laughs> which they can achieve on a cheap uh, budget. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I don't think they do anything cheaply these days. There's absolutely no sign of it anyway. Yeah, yeah, that's that. And if some of the uh, Roban Legion are computer generated, well, you know, everybody does that these days, don't they? They can be forgiven. Yeah, that's it. Just a shame that you get the newly discovered Ice Warrior helmet just in the background for five seconds. That would have been good. <laughs> yeah, oh, is this in Doctor Who magazine? Yeah, the, 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 the sort of like repaired the original, um, on the original helmets, haven't they? Yeah. Uh, I've seen that. I haven't read the article yet, but I saw the uh, saw the pictures of that. Yeah, one of the bizarre ones with the really big heads they use in the film inserts with all the redesign and stuff. Yeah, you see that one, don't you? It's it's totally out of proportion with the with its body and with the with the other ice warriors. Yeah. A bucket with eyes. Yeah, Lord Buckethead. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's all very significant. Yeah. <laughs> Well, uh, thank you very much both for, for joining me to discuss this one. Um, pleasure talking to you both about it. Pleasure uh, for me too. Thank you very much for asking me back again. Yes, I'm me. Thank you. Uh, so um, we can find you both on Twitter. Uh, Keith is at 50DW50. I am. Denise is at Cup of Tea 69 I am That's me. At Trap1 underscore. Um, also on Facebook and everything. 
can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or any other service. Um, and I keep forgetting to mention this, but on the website there is uh, an app called SpeakPipe where you can leave messages, um, which we can play on the podcast if there's anything that you want to say or any kind of theories or anything like that uh, that we can discuss. That's great. Uh, join me next week. I'll be discussing The Eaters of Light by Rona Munro. Uh, we'll see you then. Thank you very much for listening. Bye. 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 Bye.